to uh, look at your Bibles in the pews or just listen and um, go along with it. Psalm 15. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, uh, just for reminding us of uh, attributes of those who follow you, Lord, that we want to be of such character. We ask you to change us today through your spirit, through your word, as um, Steve preaches here. Um, Just to give him clarity, Father, to boldly uh, boldly share your words. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you brought us here um, just by your sovereignty. We're all here today, and we praise you for it. We ask to be changed um, by this time. It would be glorifying to you. We praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Well, the pressure wasn't supposed to be on. Steve was supposed to be up in Gainesville, so he wouldn't be in the back listening to me and critiquing me, but things didn't work out. The baby didn't come, so... Uh, but I still get to teach, which is a great honor for me. Uh, as you see by the bulletin, the title of my message is The Way to a Man's Heart. Now, for some of you, probably old like me, you remember there used to be a famous saying, right? The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. That's right. In the olden days, when men were choosing wives, uh, they used to choose wives who would take care of the home and their, their children who would uh, be homemakers and they could trust and trust their household to and who were good cooks. And that was the, the main prerequisite. Forget about all the, the, the fancy hairdos and everything else. There was a lot more emphasis put on the character of the person, I guess, as it were. But the biblical concept is not really... Uh, the way to a man's heart is not through his stomach, not according to the Bible. The way to a man's heart is through his ears. Makes sense. Whatever you hear, if you're listening to what God has to say, if you're absorbing what he's trying to tell you, then it's going to change your heart. So our sermon this morning is about, I, if I had a little subtitle under it, it would be Common Biblical Ear Ailments. Because a lot of us have some ear ailments going on. I, I, maybe you don't recognize yours, but I got a lot of them. And uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to talk about some of the ones that we'll see in the Bible that I'm not going to say I've never had, and I'm not saying that I don't even have them now a little bit. But uh, these are ways that our ears are affected adversely to God's Word. And there are biblical examples to those that we can learn from and not be caught in the same thing. So the first one is stopped-up ears. <laughs> How many of you have all had stopped-up ears before? Uh, deaf ears, um, 
hard of hearing. They be kind of uh, the the word uh, in in the Greek talks about ears that are lazy or sluggish, dull ears. So Isaiah six, <clears throat> the book of Isaiah chapter six, verses eight to ten, talks about having dull ears. When I, God was sending Isaiah to the the prophet to talk to Israel. And in verse 8 it says, God says, Who can I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. And God said to him, Go and tell this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy. And shut their eyes that they may see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. As Isaiah continued to to teach again and again, prophesy what God wanted, but the people kept ignoring what he had to say, their hearing became duller and duller. That's kind of sad that you would end up being dull to what God has to say. There's a joke about three older ladies who were wanted to go to a, a take a trip and they went to a dude ranch so they got on the bus and rode out there they wanted to see what it was all about and they got off the bus and they walked up to a big corral filled with cattle and the first lady says wow there's a big bunch of cows and the man who was obviously going to do the tour the the cowboy was standing there he says no 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 herd of cows And the second lady looked at him and said, of course I've heard of cows. And he said, no, 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 cow herd. And the third lady says, what do we care what a cow herd? So they're they're a little dull of hearing, shall we say, okay? Remember in the old days they used to have cornucopias, like somebody to put in your ear so you could hear before hearing aids. So when you're dull of hearing, you misunderstand what's said, right? People could be saying one thing and you're thinking of something else. God is saying one thing to you, but you're hearing something else. It's also easy to ignore people. When your hearing gets dull, how many of you remember all the Charlie Brown movies when the teacher talked? Wah, 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 wah. So could it be that way for us? God's talking to us and all we're hearing is wah, 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 instead of what he has to say. So what happens when your hearing gets dull. There is no closed caption for prayer, right? (laughs) Biblical examples. First one is in Judges chapter 6 and 7. Gideon. Remember the story of Gideon? So Gideon was hiding from the Midianites, threshing wheat, and God appears to him by the angel and says, I'm going to choose you to lead Israel and defeat the Midianites. And Gideon's going, whoa, what are you talking about? God says, I'm going to do it. And Gideon says, well, maybe I didn't hear you right. How about this? I'll put some wool out here, and if the wool's wet in the morning and all the ground is dry, then I know you're talking to me. And he gets up in the morning, the wool's wet and the ground's dry, and he goes, maybe I didn't hear you right, God. Now, tomorrow we'll put a wool out, and if the ground is wet and the wool is dry, then I'll know you're talking to me. And he came out the next morning, and the 
ground is wet and the wool is dry and he's still, I don't know, God, I'm not really sure about this. He wasn't listening. He, he had dull of hearing of what God wanted to do. God was doing amazing things to him. Even God even showed him a miracle with a, a, a sacrifice right in front of his eyes. But he was a little hard of hearing what, what God had to say. Another one that dr- strikes me is Abraham. He had some dull hearing a lot of times, but the one I thought of the most is with having a son. God tells him, you're going to have a son who's going to become a great nation. And he says, how is that going to happen? He says, I'm going to do it through Sarah. And Abraham hears, did you say Hagar? No, 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 no. I said Sarah. He said, you sure you didn't say Hagar? He said, no, 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 no. I said Sarah. But he was dull. Listened to his wife, listened to his own thoughts and stuff, and not hearing what God had to say. Dull of hearing causes us to not understand what God's saying, to not really grasp what he's saying. And it's easy to do, to get dull hearing. It's easy to do. Number two, callous ears. Ooh. Ever had callous ears? Somebody's really hurting and you just don't hear. (laughs) Somebody's having a hard time. I notice my own heart. There are so many homeless people on every corner. I don't even see them anymore or even think about whether there really is somebody that really needs help or not or just one of the other people who's begging for something. There's a lot of people in the world that are hurting that come to us as Christians maybe and ask us about things. They want, they're seeking someone to care, someone to listen, someone to understand. But we can get callous ears if we're not careful and not be really listening, not an ear that that hears or feels, we get emotionally hardened to what's going on. No compassion, no mercy. We end up being very selfish instead of selfless and caring. <clears throat> Two examples I thought of is Saul. Um, Saul was the first king elected by Israel to lead them. And at first, he's a very humble man, but as he went on, he started thinking a little too highly of himself. At one point, God was looking at this one nation who was so evil and, and causing so many problems to Israel. And he told, I think it was the Amalekites, that he told Saul, I want you to go out there through the prophet Samuel and wipe them out. I want you to kill the king. I want you to kill every soldier. I want you to kill every person. I want you to kill their cattle. I want you to kill. I don't want anything left to remind you of these people. These are people who sacrifice their children to idols and then the fire. These are people who do so much evil, and God had decided he was going to judge them, and he sent Saul to do the judgment. So Saul got out. Apparently Saul, his, his callous ears didn't hear exactly what God wanted him to do through Samuel. And when he came back, he brought back the king with him. He didn't kill him. He thought, well, maybe I'll use him as a, an example of what we were capable of. And he saved the best of the cattle and the best of the sheep. And he came back to Samuel. He says, I do just as God has asked me to do. And Samuel says, I hear some cows and I keep hearing the sheep bleeding, and there's some guy standing out there that looks like the king of Og. 
what, what are you talking about? He said, I did what God wanted. He said, no, you didn't. You were thinking in your own way. You were thinking, I want to be somebody. I, want to, I know better than God. You're thinking, I want to be, impress everybody, what I can do. I'm not clued in on what God really wants. I don't have the fervor that God wanted me to have. That was what was missing for Saul. God says, I want you to go and destroy him because I hate him, and I want you to hate him that same way. But he didn't, and he was incomplete in his obedience to God. The other one I thought of was the debtor who owed a million bucks. Jesus tells a parable to a man who owes like a million dollars to this king goes in, and the king says, put him in jail, he can't pay. The guy starts begging, oh, I'm so sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll try and work it off, I'll do all this, just begging for mercy. And the king had mercy on him and forgave the whole debt. Not him just making pay it back, he says, I just forgive it. That guy's walking out of the palace, he sees somebody owes him 10 bucks, grabs him by the shirts, throws him against the wall, demands that he pay that 10 bucks or he's going to throw him in prison. The guy says, I don't have it. He says, well, throw him in prison. Wow. Talking about callous ears. The king hears about it, says, okay, put this guy in prison, let the other guy go. (laughs) It's easy to have callous ears. Think of Jesus and how the opposite he was of that. He goes to the woman at the well and he listens to her story and immediately he knows what she needs. Nicodemus comes to him by night and starts talking about different things. Jesus sees through all of it and knows exactly what he needs, exactly how to speak to him. The rich young ruler who came to Jesus, he says, how do I get saved? He says, keep the commandments. I've already done that. He says, okay, sell everything you have and come and follow me. Because he knew the man's heart. Jesus could hear. He had open ears to hear what he had to say. Number three, uncircumcised hearts. Wow, you ever thought about that one? (laughs) What in the world am I talking about? All right. Acts chapter 7, uh, as Stephen is teaching, he's been arrested for going out and talking about Jesus, and the Pharisees get him, and they're going to put him in prison now, so they're all gathered around him, and he's teaching them. He's giving one big sermon about what God has done through Israel and what he's now done through Jesus Christ. And he gets to verse 57 when he's talking to the Pharisees. He sees the look in their eye. They're not buying any of what he's talking about. And he's talking about the way Israel has rejected God. And he says that you are people of uncircumcised, stiff-necked, and verse 51, uncircumcised in your heart and your ears. So, as your fathers did also. Uncircumcised, the, the Bible, when God gave circumcision, it was something to show that you were set apart. Israel is different than any of the other nations. They had a physical thing that showed that. But circumcision was really about the heart. It was about realizing you're set apart to God. You're His, not your own. And so circumcised ears meant you recognize what you heard. Well, you're listening for what God has to say, not for what you want, not for what the world has to say. In Romans 12, he says, 
Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your minds. Don't have ears that listen to everything the world has to say and their attitudes, but listen to what God has to say. Let your ears be circumcised, not uncircumcised. Biblical examples, the Pharisees in uh, John chapter 11, Jesus was teaching the Pharisees, and they recognized that he had just uh, raised Lazarus from the dead. <laughs> what are we going to do about this? And they're all getting together saying, we've got to stop this guy. He's, he's going to take over. No, everybody's following him. And Caiaphas, who was a high priest, said that, We have to kill him. Somebody's got to die for Israel. If, if, if we listen to him, we're going to lose our place. We're going to lose our authority. We're going to lose this great um, gig we've got going where we're over all the people. They listened to Jesus for all this time for three years, and the only thing they heard was, that they thought he was going to try and take away their importance and their being in charge. Their hearts were so worldly and their ears so worldly, they couldn't hear anything that Jesus had to say about what God wanted, only about their own interests and their own power. And I go back to the rich young ruler, too, that I talked about when Jesus was talking with him. He wanted to know. He had a good heart, it seemed like. He wanted to know how he could get to heaven, how he could please God, how he could be a follower of God the way that God desired. And yet, when he heard, you got to give up all your money, he couldn't do that. His, his heart, his mind was following the world's thoughts that you got to be rich you got to have everything around you. you got to have two cars. you got to have a three-car garage. you got to have a giant house somewhere. you got to have the 55-inch screen TV. you got to have all this stuff. And if you don't have that, then you're not making it. God wants me to be wealthy, healthy, and wise. But that's not what the Bible teaches. And if your ears are uncircumcised, you'll start to listen to what the world has to say and the way they want us to think instead of the way God wants us to think. <clears throat> Number four. These are kind of progressive. It's getting worse and worse, I guess you can hear as we're going along. Rebellious ears. Ezekiel 12, verse 2. As Ezekiel is teaching uh, Israel, all, all the Old Testament, especially all the prophets, continue to talk about Israel and the way they are in their hearts. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see but does not see, and ears to hear but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. <clears throat> rebellious ears are resistant to the truth or to obedience to God. It's a great uh, phrase that God uses a lot in the Old Testament. Israel was a stiff-necked people. You ever been stiff-necked? <laughs> obstinate, obstinate, 
There's a great cartoon that shows Dennis the Menace. And he's standing in the corner. And he's got his head looking back over his shoulder telling his mom, I'm standing up on the outside, but I'm sitting down on the inside. Don't we do that to God sometimes? You know, he tells you, I'm, I'm doing what you say, God, but my heart's not there. Or sometimes it's just I'm not going to do what you tell me no matter what. Our ears, God speaks, but our ears are fighting it, rebellious to what God has to say. Two great biblical examples. One was Jonah, right? So God takes the prophet Jonah. He's going to use him to go to this huge, huge city, Nineveh, and preach the gospel. And Jonah's ears said, of course, God, I'll go there, right? Jonah's rebellious ears said, where's Tarshish? I want to head there. Not listening to what God had to say, not caring what God had to say, rebelling against what God desired for him. His ears refused to hear what God wanted him to say and actually just said the very opposite. Here's Nineveh, here's Tarshish. Opposite ways. And the other was Israel. First thing I thought of was the the golden calf. Moses is up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments. They're down having an orgy around a calf. How quick they forgot about God. But one of the worst ones was in Numbers after God leads Israel all the way to Kadesh Barnea, they're fixing to go in the promised land. They send in 12 spies. They come back with grapes as big as baseballs. And this is a land flowing with milk and honey. Wow. And God says, okay, I'm going to do it for you. Let's go get them. And their ears hear, we're grasshoppers. We can't even do anything. And they said, we're not going in. No, God, we're... we're Let's, let's get a whole new group of people that will lead us back to Egypt. We miss the leeks and the garlics and all the stuff that was back there. And God says, okay, you're not, going, you're not going in. Rebellious ears cost them 40 years in the wilderness. Every one of them died in the wilderness because they refused to listen to God and obey what he had to say. Okay, we've, we're really going down the list here. It's really getting bad. The last, uh, number five, is deaf ears. I'll, I, I know you're asking yourself, is there more? Can we go beyond this? Yes, we can actually go beyond deaf ears, but right now we're deaf. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse Declare this to the house of Jacob, proclaim it in Judah, saying, Hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes that see not, and who have ears and hear not, who do not fear me, says the Lord. Will you not tremble at my presence? You can go if you leave your hearing long enough, you know, as your hearing starts to go, some we have to go to the doctor and sometimes you've got to get hearing aids or whatever it would be. You can let it go far enough to where you can't hear anything at all. You ever watch the TV with it on mute? How frustrating it is. 
I can't read lips, and I'm sitting there just trying to figure out what's going on. How frustrating must it be to God for him to be talking to me and me looking right at him and acting like I can't hear a word he's saying, deaf as a doorpost. I cannot hear anything you're saying, God. You're, you're just, I see your lips moving, but I got no clue what you're saying. I don't even care. It's a spiritual death to God's voice to get to the point to where you could read his word, you could listen to a sermon, and yet nothing. There's nothing there at all. Your heart is dead. Your ears are dead. Nothing of what God wants. Um, the biblical example to me right away I thought of is um, in the parable of the sower. They used to go out and just throw grain out on the ground, and some of the ground was plowed up. Some of it had rocks on it. Some of it had weeds in it and things. And this other soil, they used to call it the path, where you walked along it. It was like a sidewalk. You ever tried to grow anything on a sidewalk? Not going to work. Just dead as a doornail. And it says in there that they threw the soil out, the seeds out. It landed on the path, which is the sidewalk through the field, Birds come, it's gone. No root, no it never had a chance at all of accomplishing anything. And that's the way God's word is to us if we let our ears get all the way to deaf. God can send his word as much as he wants, but if our ears are deaf, we can't hear, we can't respond. We'll never hear anything he has to say. When Jesus was teaching, he taught a lot in parables. And the um, disciples said, why do you keep teaching in parables? This is, you know, even they were having trouble figuring out what he was talking about. He said, well, God has sent me to this people and they're really rebellious. And a lot of them don't want to hear no matter what I have to say. So he says, I teach in parables so that the ones who want to hear will hear. And the ones who are deaf, the ones who don't care ones who have calloused and rebellious ears can't hear at all. Teaching in parables. The parable of the sower kind of, as you think about it, talks about all these different ears, right? In the opposite order of what I've been saying. You got the hard ground, which is the sidewalk. That's the deaf ears. These people hear for one second and it's gone. It's in one ear. We used to have a, what's the phrase? In one ear and out the other? You can't hear anything that's being said. Then you got callous soil. That's with the rocks, right? It lands there, but you can't have a root in a rock. If we have callous hearts, God's seed, his word, has no place to start sending down roots. So it just dies. Then you had uncircumcised soil. That's the weeds, the world, the tares, the things that the world wants you to believe that's more important than God. When you start a garden, if you care about it, you're going to weed it. You're going to pull out all the junk that doesn't belong. And you're only going to concentrate on what you're going to eat. That's what's important. The same way with God's Word. That's the important part. All the periphery that's out there has to be separated. And finally, you got the good soil, and it says... 
if you've got good ears and hearing ears that aren't stopped up, that aren't callous, that aren't going dull, then you're going to bring forth 10, 50, 100 fold fruit. God's, God's word is that powerful and that productive if we can have those kind of hearts, those kind of ears. Okay, I said this worse. There's, <laughs> I know you're thinking, how the world can it be any worse than deaf? Okay. Number six, stopped up ears. When you were a kid, I don't know how many of you ever did this. I did it before. Somebody was going to tell me something and I didn't want to hear it. I used to go, la, 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 la. Any of y'all ever do that when you were kids? Right? <laughs> How, st- how stupid are we to put our fingers in our ears and start screaming and stuff so we won't hear something? That is the, that's beyond stupid. That's, that's way out there. And yet, the Bible says there are people that have that attitude, okay? Um, Zechariah chapter 7, verse 11. As he was teaching to Israel... He's talking about disobedience and the fact that God is going to judge them. In verse 11, he says, They refused to hear. They shrugged their shoulders and they stopped their ears so they could not hear. (laughs) Can you imagine that? I'm going to try that one week, Steve, when you're preaching. I'm going to sit out there like this and see see how that affects you. That'd be a little embarrassing, wouldn't it? Everybody in the congregation got their fingers in their ears. They don't want to hear anything you have to say. Wow. I don't want to hear what God has to say. Biblical example. I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but this actually happened in the New Testament too. In Acts chapter 7, when they were stoning Stephen, after that, he's already said, y'all got uncircumcised hearts, and you're the ones who crucified Jesus. And then they really got angry. It says, they put their fingers in their ears and started screaming and ran at him and drug him out of the city and stoned him to death. Wow! How stupid do those Pharisees look that they're listening to somebody tell them about Jesus Christ and God and what he's done a whole sermon on God and, and proving that Jesus was the Messiah and what God was trying to do through him. And their answer to the thing that Stephen, they look like three-year-olds. They got their fingers in their ears. They're screaming bloody murder and running at him and, and dragging him out of town. Wow. I, I really can't remember sticking my fingers in my ears since I was probably five or six, but sometimes I might have that attitude with God. I got to be careful that I'm not. God, I don't want to hear that. God tells me to do something I don't want to hear. I'm just... And the Holy Spirit keeps convicting me. <laughs> I'm acting, I'm thinking spiritually that sticking my fingers in my ears and, and humming is going to stop me from hearing God's word and stop his spirit from doing, speaking to me. But that's, that's me. That's stupidity. So there's another example like the, the uh, parable of the sower. If you look in the book of Hebrews, there's four warnings in the book of Hebrews that are uh, distributed as he's teaching about Israel and the things that God is doing 
through Jesus now and how Jesus is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, he talks about you need to listen to what God has to say. He says, if we don't, we're going to get dull of hearing and we'll start to drift away. So if, if we don't listen to God and we start letting our hearing get dull, we're going to start to drift away from Him, right? This comes naturally. If you don't hear what God says, you're going to start to go your own way. You're going to start to drift away. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 to 12, he says those same people, after they quit, they got a little dull of hearing, and they, they started to drift a little bit, they started to doubt. God says, this is what I will do. This is what I can do. And they said, can God really do that? You know, you start to read God's word and he says, I'll always take care of you. I'll always provide for you. If you call on me, I will listen to you. All the promises that are in the Bible, when we start to get dull of hearing and then we start to doubt, we're going, can God really do that? Will God really do that? He may have done it a hundred times in my life, but that same trial comes one more time, and this time I'm doubting a little bit. I'm worried. I'm, I'm fearful that God won't pull through this time. Or I know this is what you're saying, God, but I got a better idea. This is your, your way of doing it, but I think I can do better if you let me try this way. And in Hebrews 4, he says they get rebellious hearts. So now you're starting to doubt God and you're hardening your heart. It goes from being a little bit hard to being rebellious. Now we're getting into that stage to where we're going to fight against God. He wants you to do something, but we don't want to do it. And so now we're, we're, we're pushing back like Jonah did. I'm, I'm not going to do what you want me to do, God. I know that may be best for me and it may be what you want, but I don't like it. I don't feel comfortable doing that. I'm happy where I am, and I'm afraid I won't be happy where you want to take me. And we're untrusting, unbelieving. Finally, in verse 26 of chapter 10, he says, you get deaf. And you don't hear what God says anymore at all. And when that happens, he's got to discipline us. He's got to punish us. He's got to do drastic things to bring us back to him. Sometimes it won't work. Sometimes they never come back. There was someone in um, the town, the city of Corinth that was doing a horrible sin. Paul heard about it. The church wasn't disciplining him. They weren't doing anything. And Paul says, in my name, I want you to get together and I want you to tell that person that he's excommunicated from the church and you're going to turn him over to Satan to destroy him that his soul may be saved in the day of judgment. Whoa! God's serious about sin. God is serious about sin. And it turned out in the book of 2 Corinthians, that person was so convicted, he came back to the church and forsook that sin. So it worked, but he got all the way to death to hear what God has to say.
I got one more kind of ear. I don't know if this is the worst of all, but it is probably the most insidious. You know what that means? That, that word insidious? Evil and trickery and, and to pull something away by guile. That kind of ear is called an itching ear. Ooh, you ever had an itching ear? <laughs> it's when someone starts talking good about you and you go, come on, a little more. Come on, a little more. Like when I leave this afternoon and we're going and all y'all want to go, man, that was a great sermon and I really enjoyed it. I go, a little more, a little more. <laughs> Itching ears. You want to hear what you want to hear, not what God wants to say. Ooh, that's pretty bad. And you see how that's insidious because it's creeps in. It sounds good. I like the sound of that. Why can't you talk about that? Um, Isaiah verse chapter 30, verse 10. Isaiah was teaching. And he's talking about Israel and the way they're responding to him as a prophet and the other prophets who were teaching them. And he says, you guys, you say to the seers, don't see. And to say to the prophets, don't prophesy to us right things. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. Wow. Can you believe that? That the people of, of Israel were going... We want to hear some good stuff, man. Don't, don't be talking to this. God's going to judge us and, and we're sinful and all that stuff. Talk good stuff to us, man. Give us some good stuff. Leave that old hard stuff to hear somewhere else. Don't bring that around here. Um, biblical examples. One of the worst kings ever, 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 ever in the history of Israel was Ahab. And when the, they were fixing to go to war, he and Jehoshaphat, there was a bunch of prophets coming around and saying, oh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to win the war. You're going you're gonna to defeat these guys and stuff. And God had already said through the, the real prophets that God was going to defeat them. And Jehoshaphat says, isn't there any prophet around here who really says God's word? <laughs> I don't want to hear this stuff. Get somebody that really, and Ahab says, well, this one guy's a good prophet, he said, but I don't want to bring him around because he's always saying bad things. Wow. Wow. So you want to go to a church where the guy teaches nice things and he tickles your ears and he tells you nice, nice things about yourself and doesn't tell you anything bad. Look what it says about in the last days the way the church is going to become. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Paul was telling Timothy, I want you to go out there and preach the word. I want you to preach the word. He says, because the time's going to come when they won't endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth, and be turned aside to fables. You can go to a lot of churches right now in this country, and they'll tell you there's no such thing as hell. Because people don't like to hear about hell. 
People don't think about somebody having to go and be tortured for the rest of eternity. They say, teach about how much Jesus loves us. God loves us. And everybody's going to heaven. You could teach that one. That's a good one. Don't teach me about sin, and this is something wrong and evil. Everybody gets to choose for themselves what's good and bad. You know, it's relative, relative. A lot of people in this world right now that have itching ears, that's all they want to hear is the good stuff, the happy stuff. The smiley face stuff, they only want the good emojis. <laughs> I'm not an emoji guy, but I know there's a lot of fun emojis, right? They don't want to see those frowny ones. They don't want to see the ones with tears or whatever. The one of God's finger saying, I'm fixing to judge. They don't want to see those. They don't want to see the good ones. So the only kind of ears you're supposed to have is ears to hear, right? Jesus said, as he was teaching, anybody who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. In the book of Revelation, as they're writing to the different churches, listen to what God has to say. I am prone to each and every one of these kind of ears. I'm not careful. And I don't want to have anything but good ears. I just want to hear the ears that hear what God has to say and nothing else. So that's what we need to pray, that God will help us keep our ears in good shape and cleaned out and attentive and tuned into Him and fervent for the things that He wants to teach us. Let's pray. Father, we do thank You for ears you have opened every one of our ears you've you've shown us through jesus christ who you are and how much you love us and i thank you for this church and the fact that your word is taught every week here and that we know the truth and you've set us free with that but i do recognize that my ears still get dull and calloused And sometimes I flat out rebel against what I know you want me to do. I just pray that you'll never let me continue to drift so far away that I don't come back, that I don't see you realigning my ears, reattuning them, uh, reminding me of your word and the truth and how much I need that for my life. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.